powerful. <laughs> Today I'm joined with Erin. Thank you for joining me. What's up, guys? Hello, I'm happy to be here. So, Erin, I think straight away the most fascinating question that we all want an answer to is how do you become a digital nomad? That's a big question. Um, how do you become a digital nomad? I think, okay, all right, let's just get right into it. The first step, the first tangible step that you need to do that is one, like, it's, it's a bit cheesy, but like, actually believe it's possible. Because I feel like you see so many people doing so many things and you hear things thrown around like drop shipping and Shopify, like those are two that come to mind, you know, and you're like, that just seems like this crazy world. And I have no idea where that would be. But like, everyone, I, okay, to step it back in a really philosophical place. I believe that if you have a vision or a dream, like it wouldn't exist inside your brain unless there was a way to achieve it. You know, like anything you can imagine can be achieved. And if you, if you couldn't achieve it, you wouldn't even be able to imagine it. So applying that to being a digital nomad, if, you know, working online and, and living in whatever space you choose to place yourself in is appealing to you, there has to be a way. And I think one, you should start reading good books, you know, uh, getting into Abraham Hicks, rich dad, poor dad. But like, as, as far as tangible steps, I would say you need to figure out first, like what you're passionate about, because you can never be successful in anything unless like you actually enjoy it, you know? So there's so, there's so many routes and none of them are right. None of them are wrong. Like I meet people here. So I'm, I'm based in Bali, which is a huge hub for digital nomads. And I'm always perplexed by what people are doing and what people are selling online. And like, I would say the majority of people I meet are selling their own online products and utilizing social media as a platform to sell them, you know, like whether that's presets or recipe books or anything you have authority on that you can share on selling that is like a huge thing. But like, where was I going with that? Just acknowledging what your skills are and thinking about how you can apply that and, and sell that. Cause what you have, someone needs, you know, does that answer your question? <laughs> Those are some fantastic points. So the first one, you said you've got to believe it. And so in, in my videos, in my audience, we, we call this frame. You have to frame it as possible because if, mm -hmm. if it's outside of your frame, then you won't find the way. And so I think what you, your interpretation of this one was that if you believe it's possible, eventually you'll find the way. If you don't believe totally. it's possible, if you're one of the people who are just watching the videos and saying, oh, these guys, are, they're all faking it somehow then you're going to stay the same. Because there's some people, and I think I was one of them for a while, who like you pursue it for a long time without the belief that it's even possible. And like you can, you can never achieve anything based on that standpoint. It just, it's impossible, you know? Belief. Mm. It's, uh, it, it carries you. I mean, belief is also what carries you through hard times when it's like, because everything has its ups and downs, no matter how much you passion you have. And people say you never work a day in your life. But like the truth is, there are some days that are less good than others. But like if you actually are showing up for something that you enjoy and you believe that it is your calling, like what inspires you every day, then you can't fail. You can't fail at it. I like that. You know, this is like yeah, that philosophical right. benefit. What, what is the terminology that, that, that you like to use for it is fr framing it. I like right. that. Yeah, just put it into the actual reality that can exist. I, I feel that. That's it. Put it. So yeah. I frame it to be possible. It's in my frame that it's possible. It's in my frame that I'm a confident, attractive, sexy motherfucker. And so mm -hmm. I act like it. If suddenly I started framing myself to be like a socially weird type of guy, I'd be stuttering a lot in this call. I'd be not holding eye contact, even though we're on the screen, I'd be like looking, looking away whilst I speak to you. But because I framed but, myself like this, it's almost like that. It gives you that positive feedback loop. So when you believe totally. something from the start, it's we're, we're getting close to the line of the law of attraction. And what do you think about all that stuff? I'm, I'm a hundred percent all for it. I feel like, like, I've been reading a lot of different books that, you know, talk about, like, I don't know if you are very into Joe Dispenza. Have you heard of Joe Dispenza? 
Oh, he basically, he's like the scientist behind law of attraction. So like years ago he healed from, and I recommend listening to podcasts. I, I, I don't listen to many podcasts except for ones that feature Joe Dispenza. He, um, like if you look at medical science and it's easier to grasp medical science, and this is going off on a huge tangent, but like there's a lot of, um, things in medical science where people make miraculous healings and it's called a, it has a name, a, like a spontaneous, like there's no science for it. But when you think about the mind's ability to control what's going on, not only internally, but then externally, if, if we're all just a bunch of energy floating around atoms and molecules, it becomes a very, like the law of attraction becomes less esoteric and less spiritual and can actually be interpreted in a very scientific way, you know, and I'm not a, an expert on it, but I really do believe in it. Like, and especially when it comes to um, attracting money and, you know, as a digital nomad, things are fluctuating this and that. And I'm not um, an advocate that you need to be crazy hustling all the time. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a balance. Some people work better as hustlers and some people work better as, I, personally, I like to work less and have more fun. And I find that intuitively flows me to find the right path and the right clients and the right everything. Um, and I guess it is kind of the law of attraction that I apply to that. Like, like, like one morning I was feeling like I didn't have enough money and I listened to Abraham Hicks. You probably know Abraham Hicks. Um, like, I'm, oh, you don't know Abraham Hicks. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I guess a bit deep into that, but like there's a rampage where she just like psychs you up on how you like can have all the money you want in the world. And literally later that day, like I received a paycheck. I've seen so many examples in my own life of like the law of attraction coming into play, you know? I'm, I'm for it. like that and i've seen so many you i i think i'm in the the disbelief section right now like you've all got to be lying to me but okay well, uh, <laughs> let, let me send you some like different resources in this and that after because I, I i was there too about two years ago but like if you fundamentally think you exist in a world where everything you can imagine is possible it just kind of lines up with that belief really nicely you know like mm. even if you don't okay here, here's a beautiful example all right all right, that, that this is a very good way to just understand the principle. Say you want to go on a vacation to Mexico. I don't know, whatever, any, literally anything, right? And, and I, I tell you the principle, okay, well, what you need to do is meditate on the feeling of how excited you are about going to Mexico and how you know that since you're thinking it, it exists in some potential and it could have already happened. And if you imagine that and feel so good, then you're going to attract that experience to you, right? So I, I say to you, Hamza, all right, I want you to meditate on this every single day for a week and just feel the joy of it having already happened, okay? Now say a week from now or a month from now, whatever, nothing manifests in your experience to show that you're on the path to have this vacation in Mexico. What's your feedback gonna be? You're gonna come to me and say, well, Aaron, you made me feel so great for an entire month and so like I was literally high on life because I knew this was already happening and it was for nothing. Like you made me feel so good and it was for nothing. Like, that's the argument I find. Does that make sense? That's such a fantastic point. So like, and apply it to health, apply it to whatever. It's like forcing yourself and allowing yourself to feel good. There's no downside. Even if it doesn't work, you're winning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you can, you can engage it, but then you'll notice that it actually does start to work. I, I really recommend you um, just try and experiment yourself, you know? Mm, okay. Boys who are watching, go scroll down to the comments and see if I've left an update. After this call, <laughs> I'm going to ask Eric to send me all the resources. I'm going to dive deep. And then this call is going to be uploaded in perhaps a week or two's time. And so I'll let you know if I'm in Mexico. <laughs> if not, I'll send you to his channel to dislike his videos. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see your feedback. Let's do it. I want to, I want to dive deep into it because it, it, it's like a different community and a different culture, but it is so similar to the one that me and my audience are in about Frame. Because with Frame, mm -hmm. it's, it's about our identity. I've literally just spent all morning writing down my goals and probably the most important part of that was something that felt so much like the law of attraction practices where I said that I am already a life-changing self-improvement coach. I am already a life-changing writer. I am already mm -hmm. a revolutionary YouTuber. It's, it's acting yeah. like I've already got it. Now you were saying that you, you feel like you're already in Mexico right now. And that's mm -hmm. at least going to help you towards it because the excitement for it, 
it's going to cause those deep thoughts to come in and you're like, okay, I've, totally. I'm so excited because I'm in Mexico right now and I'm going to go buy the beers, which are $2.50. So how, how much would I have to have per day? Okay. And you start doing the mental calculations whilst you're going about your day. And that probably does help you get to that end point. Yeah. Even if it's on a really analytical level, like it just literally rewires your brain to physically make the action steps needed because you're thinking from that place where it already exists. Like even, and that's not even on a very spiritual idea. It's just very factual, you know? And I think it's, it's a great way, thing to apply to your life for mm. sure. That's a good step into it, the factual level, because the books that we're all reading, the self-improvement ones especially, it is absolutely a fact that the more you think about something, the more that something becomes your reality. Mm -hmm. And so just on this basic factual level, I can see it actually working. And now yeah. there's a possibility that all of you people aren't lying actually. And it has actually worked for you. You have actually been able to manifest your Bali it, digital it just, nomad dreams. You just take it like from the spiritual everything and bring it down to a really like literally a scientific level of energy and how much we don't know about the universe and all that. And, whether or not you believe in this or that, like the application always is like true. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So what's your digital nomad story? That's a, that's a good story. So I, I'm 28 years old now. I, I guess that means I've been out of high school for 10 years and I never went to university, not knocking university. It's great. But I just thought to me, and maybe some of you guys watching this will resonate with this, but I just, I don't, I do not agree with the system that says when you are 18, you are a baby, you know nothing about life as it actually is living it. And we expect you to make the biggest investment of your life and decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. I, I feel like I had that insight at the time. And if you want to be something and you really know, great. But I met so many people that were do finishing degrees that were a few years older than me that were so excited to do something different. And I was like, why would I do this? It seems like such a weird system. So for most of my life, I just uh, had the travel bug. Um, I taught free diving in Thailand. I worked on cattle stations in Australia. I like worked as much as I could on the road and just traveled forever. But um, not only did it get the cycle get boring between like you spend all the money, you go back broke and it's kind of a low point. You, you have no social life and you save all the money in some job that doesn't mean anything to you and you keep doing that. Not only was that exhausting, but also I found the lack of purpose to be very like taking a toll on my mental health. You know, like I think when you're not applying, like we all have unique talents and gifts and when you're not applying those and reaching people and, you know, physically making someone else's life better in some way, we don't feel like we want to get out of bed in the morning, you know? Like the people that are the most excited to get out of bed in the morning are the ones making the biggest impact, putting the most smiles on people's faces. And like, you can do that from a standard job that you get from university and many people do, but many people, that's not the model that really works for them. So, oh, we got a motorbike going by. Oh, I got this mic so you can't hear it probably. Um, but so, like five years into working and traveling, I was just set on working online. And I finally put it into my reality that like, it's actually possible. Like it was so, I, I'm kind of a grandpa with technology. I have been my whole life. And I just thought like, it, I can't possibly do this. And eventually I made the shift. Like I can do this. I know I can. And um, that was about three years ago. And then things just started lining up. So I I'm in a network marketing thing. So I, I, I'm, I'm a water dealer right now. And how I got into that was, you know, you just because when, when, you, when you decide that you believe something's possible and you're always just in that state of mind, things start to line up. You start to make connections. And so I sold a van back in Canada. I was doing a little road trip in the summer to this guy who, who worked online in this fashion. And he asked me questions for 10 minutes about the van. And then I asked him questions about network marketing and affiliate sales and all this for like an hour and continued to pound him online for the next many days. And, and I kind of sat with that for a few months until eventually I, I dove into this system. And then I've been doing that essentially ever since. And it, it's created kind of quite a passive stream with the team that I work with. And so I've been able to live in Bali for the last two years, which was like, what, what amazes me to just cap off this story is how fast I was able to achieve what I wanted once I decided that 
not only did I believe it, but I was going to actively like make it happen. It was like literally bing, bang, boom, boom, boom a year later. And not only am I starting, I'm like, I'm in Bali, which was my dream for the longest time. It's, it's wild. It's actually wild. That's amazing. It's nice to tell the story and just think back to like where I was because I was in, I'm sure a lot of people are, are in this place now where you're just so wanting more, wanting to give more, wanting to apply your passions and, and just feel the freedom, but also feel the passion in purpose, you know, like, cause it all matters. Mm. So you know what, let's, let's dive deep into that, the college debate, because this is something I see quite a lot with the young guys I speak to that mm -hmm. they don't even want to go to college. They don't want to study whatever subject they're looking into. It's just that, it just seems like the automatic route for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's cultural conditioning. Um, I don't know if you've read the book, The Four Agreements. It's a really short, beautiful read and, and a, a term that they use in it to talk about our life and how we're, you know, I think that the popular, popular term is conditioning, but they use the term domestication. And I think it's actually really accurate how like we are bred to have certain belief systems on how the world works. And then, you know, you just, that's what you do. You go to university, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's, I think it's very factual right now that university degrees are becoming less and less viable of things that are important, you know, especially when, as we go into this more like digital age and people are doing all these crazy software things that I, I don't even have any idea how they do it. You know, like these, these amazing, like kids with amazing minds that are 18 and drop out of high school and they are making so much money doing whatever random thing, you know, like in the seventies, eighties, nineties, it was a, it was a viable route, but like, as the world is shifting, we, I think we just need to adapt with that. And I'm not saying if you want to be, you know, if you want to be a doctor, go to university, but like, I think the best thing to do, no matter what the profession is, you want to be um, absorbing your time with is to just start doing it. You know, don't, don't take like, okay. Just, a random interesting note is like the business teacher and, and you probably can learn a lot of good stuff. Like it, it, there's, I, I like to speak in like very heavy statements, but you know, ab absorb this at, at your own pace and disagree if you want, please disagree with what I'm saying, you know, if, if it doesn't resonate with you, but like the business professor in university, he's not a business person. He's a teacher. If he was a business person, he would not be teaching you. Like, you know, completely agreed. And I agree. It can be fun, but like, if you're going to be a musician, like don't go to university for music, it would be, a, it's an amazing experience and, and, and totally do it for that reason. You'll meet cool people, make connections, but like, just start playing music. I, I, I heard from like Ed Sheeran's dad. I think he was, Ed Sheeran was saying his dad said that like, if whatever you're doing doesn't need a degree, then don't get a degree. Just go do it. You know? And there's lots of stories like that or like James Cameron or, you know, I don't know. I can't think of any examples, but like, that's kind of my stance on it. I'm very pleased that I didn't go just because, and also the age thing. Can we talk about the age thing? Like, you know, nothing, old. you know, nothing about life at that age. How can you make a, a decision that's that impactful? Like. <laughs> You've been asking for permission to go to the toilet, like asking the teacher literally just a few weeks ago and now it's like, okay time to put yourself into debt and also like the um, the amount of debt versus like the amount of i don't know people are very it's such a funny world we live in like the to, to 20 30 40 000 pounds for university but like people starting their own businesses making small investments one two three four five thousand pounds like people are like whoa like hold up that's crazy but then when you go to university it's like yeah Fuck it. Who cares? All the money, just throw it away. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I've been that person too. It, because of how conditioned it is, because it seems like this, this streamlined process from high school. In here, we have high school, college, university. It's like a mm -hmm. straightforward line. And so it's almost like if you're one of the dumbasses like me who was 18 who didn't really know what life was, you just went into it because it's just the normal thing to do. And anyone who didn't yeah. really go into it, it was almost like we had somewhat of a bad view of them. Like, oh, they're not pursuing education. But honestly, they, in the four years that they didn't go to university, they learned a lot more than me. 
if you're going to be one of the top students, if you're going to be studying for a degree that you absolutely need for the career that you love, fantastic. Go it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You're going to get such a good use out of it. You're going to make the connections. If you're going just because it seems like the right thing to do, you're going to be one of the students who doesn't go to the lectures, who just stays up late, who's literally just going there to party. Mm-hmm. And that just takes you further away from your purpose of life because it just gives you more time to float, you know? maybe as well like in late high school we're not given so much like really good direction on like what we can do and how we can apply our lives so like to me I'm surprised I didn't go to university because I didn't know what I was doing out of high school and it gives you a chance to yeah just keep like making no choices it's just the easy thing to do it's just the natural and I mean I'm sure you wouldn't regret going to university and I'm sure most people don't because it makes you who you are but it's just like from from this point now like looking at it that's that's just kind of where where it's at right now you know Mm, that's the trick it would have been fun though yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is it's fun i look back with gratitude and i look back that i'm so glad i went just because of you know the person i became and everything i experienced because i'm at a point now where i'm completely happy with my life and so that must yeah. have influenced this. But obviously, when it's, you look at it in that ana- analytical, you look and just say, was it a good investment? Was it a good choice? Imagine four years of starting this business earlier. That would have been insane. Are you, I mean, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. And it always will be. Ter- I, I meet some people in Bali who, traveling around who are 18. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had the balls to like just go out nuts when I was 18 and really explore the world. Like, but people are becoming more and more, I think, aware and, and educated in that sense on the options they have available, which is good. Because if you want to go to university, do it. Like if that's what you want to do and for like a reason, then heck yeah, do that. But, you know, it's just about having the, the awareness that you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know? So let's say in terms of a random guy wanting to be a digital nomad, what are some mistakes that he probably would make unless he listens to you right now. Oh, okay. Um, I would say the two things. One is just whatever you're doing, don't do it because someone else is making tons of money. If you do anything only for the money, then I don't believe you can succeed, but I don't think you will. You need to do something that in some way elicits a passion in yourself. All right. I always tell people you can only succeed at things if you ha- if you're having fun doing them. You know, like the best skateboarder is the kid who enjoyed it the most as a kid, and that ensued him to keep doing it. The people that are the best at anything, piano, people that actually enjoy it the most, because the second it becomes difficult or whatever or too much, like it's the person that is enjoying that that keeps doing it. So I would say don't look at just the money is a huge thing. Like there was a lot of things I could have started doing and I just didn't resonate with them and I knew I wouldn't. So, okay. Focus on actually what you do enjoy doing or else it'll bring you no joy in in anyways. And and what was the question? Okay. If people don't listen to my advice, what are the mistakes I'll make? Okay. Another mistake is a lack of consistency. You know, like people get kind of hot-headed. They get an idea. They're like, Ooh, I'm going to do this and make tons of money really quick. No one makes tons of money really quick. You know, when, when, when I first started network marketing, I was probably in about three months before I made my first sale, you know, but then it's like, once you do it once, whatever it is, whatever your product is, whatever you're, however you're creating sales or generating an income, if you do it once, you can do it again. And you learn like we, you're, if you're starting from scratch, like you can't expect to be a millionaire overnight or even a thousandaire overnight, you know? So I would say consistency here, here's, here's a, a little analogy. Okay. Um, if you were going to drive, let's, let's go UK. If you're going to drive from Manchester to London, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't start in Manchester, drive so close. You can see the sign that says like London, 30 miles, right? You wouldn't get to that point and be like, Hmm, I've been driving for, I don't know how long it takes, seven hours. And I'm still not there. I'm, I'm kind of starting to have disbelief that London even exists at all. So I'm going to turn around and go back to Manchester. You wouldn't do that because you can physically see the sign and you trust that it's, it's there, right? But so often we do that in these journeys we have starting new businesses. Like you don't, the problem is you don't know how close you are 
to the, not, not the finish line, but to that mark that says, oh, actually I am making ground, you know? And I find so many people are consistent for just too short a time, you know? Like do it for, don't do it for a month, do it for a year, you know? Mm. That's a fantastic so it, point. But then what would you say in, in a practical sense when we don't have that signboard, when you don't have the feedback loop and you're almost you've been driving for seven hours and there's no signboards. Well, you're right though, because that, that's a good point. Like there is a time when quitting is the best thing to do. You know, I mean, that I think comes on a really intuitive level. I think like if you are one, you know, we, we don't learn anything on our own. Usually like if you're learning from people, like learn from people who have what you want, take advice from people who are doing successfully the thing you want to do. And, and that's obviously a good point of reference because you can ask them questions or even if you can't like you can you can just think like they are doing this and if, if I am passionate and I, if I'm enjoying this I should keep doing it you know if you're not enjoying it and you're having trouble seeing others with success then I I, I tell people I work with in you know different avenues of the business like it's okay to be a quitter like if you want to if you never quit because the, the going gets tough but if you are not um, okay. So here's an example in terms of like university degree, maybe you've gone to university for four years and that's a huge investment of time and money. And you're like, well, I have to do this now because I've invested so much into it, but just weigh it, weigh it against how much time you have left. Right. Cause that's how much time you have left on this earth. And if those four years isn't going to make you happy for the next 70 years, you're going to be alive. Then that four years becomes actually a very small amount of time, you know? And so that's why I tell people like, it's, it's okay to be a quitter. It doesn't matter if you spent 10 years learning something, if it does not make you happy anymore, quit, you know, but, but just don't do that because you're, you know, it's fear or like you're, you're, you're unable to push yourself or leave that comfort zone. You know, it's just, I think when it comes to whether you should stay consistent when there's no signposts becomes radical self-awareness and i think we all have that intuition i don't know would would you agree mm. it's it's hard to advise for someone else and we almost counter the whole hustle culture of never never quit guys never don't you ever quit but i've quit a lot of things and because i quit them because you know i went through the the original drop shipping and the writing ebooks and you know make money online stuff so i was trying all yeah. of it and it was your original point then for the mistake that you've got to do something that you actually enjoy because I got, eventually I got hit with that philosophical moment where I was, I, I kind of started to believe that I could make money with anything if I put my mind to it. So what did I actually want to do? What was I actually enjoying? Did I want to wake up and do drop shipping for eight hours a day or would it be something else? And when I realized this, I then thought, okay, it's not exactly quitting because I'm not quitting this pursuit. It's just that I'm changing directions. I'm changing the trajectory. I'm changing the vehicle. This car's not been so good. I don't want to, I don't like driving yes. this car. And there's someone there who's driving a car, which I thought, you know what? That car is YouTube. And I kind of like YouTube. So I'm going to start, I'm just going to rob this guy's car, start driving it instead. <laughs> Ab absolutely. It's not, it's not quitting. You're exactly right. It's not quitting the pursuit. It's just changing the vehicle and it's mm. misconstrued sometimes. And there's this with the hustle culture, like a great example is how I'm here right now. Like I've been, um, I have a love hate relationship with Instagram. It's literally afforded me the entire life I have, and I'm super grateful, but it's not an app that's very supportive of its users anymore. In a lot of ways, um, it's not searchable. All your content disappears anyway. So I wanted to get into YouTube, but like in my, in, on an analytical level, I know like it's going to take me years and years to build up an audience. Um, but it didn't matter. I was just like, I just feel excited about it, you know, and follow your excitement, follow that bliss. And then randomly, like, I don't know if you found me through my YouTube channel or it just like got you excited to have me on here, but like my channel with 82 subscribers, like is already building these connections. And it's like on an analytical level, that doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't be doing that, but like it is. And it's just because I followed my passion. Mm. Boom. Cause like, it's not so much the vanity metrics. It's not just the numbers on the screen. It's the, the value that you provide to the viewer. 
your value was mm-hmm. insane. Like you've got the small channel and everyone says, oh, I can't believe your videos are so good with so little subscribers. It doesn't even matter the subscribers and everything else. It's that's mostly just the time period where, you know, the algorithm yeah. slowly and surely gives you a view here, then a view here, then 10 views, 100 views. Right now, your videos are insane. They are such, such high quality. When I watched Thank them, you. I had the same thought like, oh, he's only got 80 subscribers. But I thought I can see you be, I can see you growing very, very heavily this year because the, the content quality and the value that you're putting out is very very high quality yeah i appreciate that i mean i I have been honing videography skills for a long time and i kind of just thought why am i not applying it here but um yeah and this is the thing where consistency comes into play and for me like it's going to be easy to stay consistent on youtube because that's where i have the most fun right now you know like and so there's no it's not, I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes, but like, it's, it's not in the, in the bigger scheme of things. It's just following the path that of least resistance. Mm. And there's a psychological basis for everything you're saying here. This is extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation is you'll do something because you want to the piano player who's playing because he literally wants to play compared to the piano player who's practicing because his father is getting him ready for the the big tournament, and yeah, yeah, I like that. right now that YouTube's balance. got the intrinsic motivation, so you literally want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is really fun. <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're networking with or you're meeting a lot of people in Bali, what seems to be some of the most common employments that they have, or the the type of job that they have? Mm, that's a good question. Um... Yeah, because I'm very curious. Like I go to the sauna every day. Like I, I spend a lot of time in my home, just cave, caved up hermit working. And so I always try and get out to this little sauna every day to uh, just see people. And they're all, you know, every, every, mostly every expat, especially right now, because there's not really any proper tourism. Everyone here is doing something online. And so you're right. I, uh, I talk to them and most people are either coaches in some ways like whether it's um a manifestation coach an eating a health coach or a business coach people that help others get more clients or a mental health coach or like a lot of coaching aspects in that ways um and then those people often as well have like digital products i think having a digital product is like if it's actually fits in your niche and you are excited about it and it is real value, I think it can be really advantageous. Like I'm working on a vegan cookbook as well as some uh, Lightroom presets, you know, just stuff that I have expertise around. And that's going to, you know, make me a hundred bucks a month. And it just keeps doing that, you know, like, and people, I think, leverage that in all sorts of aspects. I do meet other people that um, trade Bitcoin that do other stock market trading, which I'm very like, I want to learn more, but I'm very just like, that's a whole new world. Um, or as well, people that create products and ship them through Amazon. And that's another, like so many things that I have so little expertise on, um, but that everyone's found their own niche of how they're able to, to, to live here and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Or even people that create their own products, like physical products. I, I, I know a guy that sells socks. He created a good sock. He sells it. Like, <laughs> What makes it good? I don't know. He just said they're good. He said, take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you, 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 you know what makes a sock good is marketing. You know, like, mm. I think anyone can make a Nike shoe. You just can't put a check on it. That's Ooh. deep. Ooh. <laughs> that? So, you yeah, know, what? You, I, like, although everyone's, you know, they've got their own individual niche, probably the, the most common factor amongst everyone in the digital nomad community is the multiple streams of income. Yeah, I think that's definitely very advantageous. And, and it being passive as well, mm. um, because it depends like if you're one of those people that loves to hustle continuously, or if you like myself prefer to have more fun and just be a little bit more intuitive when you create products that allow you to make that passive income. It's just like allow, cause I find I'm always 
reaching for new avenues and new ways I want to create an income as I'm more inspired and this and that. And if you always have one rigid thing that you're doing, which can be like, you know, you have a rigid thing for a year or two, but you'll find that after a while you do want to expand. And when you created passive situations, which is usually digital products, um, it just like helps you not stress about money. And when doubling back to like law of attraction principles, like if you're, and again, you can apply this on a very analytical level. If you are someone in a situation where you're stressing about money, you're not going to be in your highest self where you're attracting like the ideas and the little synchronicities you need in your life to be in a situation where you have more money. So in that way, less is going to attract less, you know? So the passive is just makes you feel a little more cozy and comfortable as you're creating, if that makes mm. sense. YouTube's real yeah. good for that. Absolutely. That, that's why I'm, I'm dipping my, my toe in the pie or whatever the expression is. <laughs> <laughs> How much does it cost? To be an expat? Yeah. That's a... Very I, I mean, roughly I for Bali. I don't mean to like boast, but like my, I'm very, very peaceful with my money in the sense that I don't really notice where it's going. I just know that I always have enough and I always give enough. But if I like, if I think about it, um, if I go for like rent, that would be about anywhere between four, I would say like including visas and, you know, cause like for me living in Bali, I have to pay your visa every month. And then food is a big expense. If you eat out a lot, I would say maybe you could definitely easily do it for a thousand pounds a month. Like easily, if you're, if you, you know, not living super luxe, hundred percent, a thousand pounds a month, you could probably do 600 pounds a month. I would say if you, you know, are quite frugal, cause you, you, you can get accommodation here for 200 pounds a month and that and that's like bare minimum accommodation you you really the thing about bali is you really get what you pay for um and there's every there's like cheap expensive and everything in between you know and i kind of live in the mid-range of that but then i also cook a lot at home where my food bill per month is probably like less than 100 quid because i maybe even less than 70 or 80 quid because i i cook so much at home and it yeah it depends, but it's less than you think. And it's, it's way less than like what you would probably pay living in the UK, for mm. example. So Absolutely. that's encouraging. And Bali is more expensive than other places. I, I feel like other places in Asia, if you really want to just get out and start that experience, but you're not making a lot of capital, like 500 quid a month is probably going to get you, get you by, you know, at least with a little savings. And then your business takes off as you feel more inspired, you know, like it doesn't take much. Like my advice to, to people in that situation is just go for it. Like when I moved to Bali, I was scraping enough to get by and that might not be for everyone. It might stress people out. I had a little bit of savings, but like the energy and the, the connections that I made from being here is invaluable, you know? Mm. How much is your current place? Cause I saw the video of your, like the jungle hut villa thing that you're in. Oh, I'm, I'm not staying in the jungle hut. That, that was just a cheeky Airbnb, but my oh, place, okay. I'm, I'm actually, I, I keep meaning to put a, a house tour out on YouTube, but I, I, I got to get the drone guy. But um, I paid uh, only about eight or 9,000 pounds for two years. Wow. So in Bali, like you can pay monthly, but you, a lot of places um, rent, like lease it yearly just because that's what they want to do. And so I got mine for, and, and to be fair, it was a little bit lower because of, you know, COVID season and everything. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, the, the house tour will be out soon and I'll, you'll see. <laughs> Excited for that. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I think one of the recent things I'm seeing with all of the digital nomad YouTubers is they keep saying, just do it. It's so, so much cheaper than you actually think it is when you're currently living in the UK or in America. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're, if your income is starting to be mostly online, it's going to be more difficult for you to live, especially like the UK. I, I stayed there for a while. It's quite an expensive you know, like the, the wages are a bit higher, but also this, the cost of living is higher. So if, if, if your income shifts to being online, 
it just makes sense. If you want to go somewhere a bit more sunny, like it's going to be easier on your bank account too. It kind of just, why not? Have you got one more place though? <laughs> Let me move in, please. <laughs> yeah, when are you coming down here? I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm making enough. As soon as the borders open, expect me there with a suitcase. Yeah, okay, sweet. That's great. We'll, we'll go have a coconut, we'll have a coffee, whatever. It's, um, I'll show you around. Well, fantastic. <laughs> the, board, the borders are constantly doing weird things right mm. now. I, I just stay out of it because I'm in and I'm like, I'm just never leaving for the next couple of years till everything settles down, you know? So, yeah. Have you read the four hour work week? I haven't actually. That's one, that's a book that I'm missing. Why? It seems to be like the Bible for the lifestyle design digital nomad. It, you know, my friend has it and it's one of those ones that's been like on my mind for, for a while. And I'm sh yeah, I'm going to read it. <laughs> You'll find you probably Actually, no, Tim, Tim Ferriss. He, he has a podcast, doesn't he? I've, mm -hmm. I've heard tons of good things about like a lot of people I work with um, that I coach that they love Tim Ferriss. And I'm kind of like, yes, I got to I got to get into Tim Ferriss. Mm, fantastic author. And the book as well is I've literally keep it like right, right by me. The book is a masterpiece in my opinion to be honest you probably know most of it already you probably follow like most of the rules the way he explains lifestyle design the online working outsource do you do any outsourcing um at the moment no no i don't think so i don't at all except You're for the, maybe some the drone guy i was, I was just gonna say the, the the drone guy i'm sorry like there's not that many things i need to outsource but um i was gonna say like I probably do practice a lot of principles in the four hour work week just based on, you know, how many hours I work in a week kind of thing. And maybe there's some similarity there, but at the same time, like, I think it's always good to like keep your mind fresh with these books. And like, even if you read the same books over and over again, I tell people like mindset, like here's an, I love a good analogy. Like if you, if you go to the gym and get real strong, you, you, you don't say like, okay, I'm strong now. I'm done. I, I can stop going to the gym now. It's like, it's a muscle. You have to keep it active. And I feel like mindset and staying in whatever frame of mind allows you to really fire at your best. Like that is also a muscle. So if it means reading the same book twice a year, then that's what it means. It's okay. Mm, absolutely. I've, I've started preaching that as well. I thought it'd be a waste of time. I read this for the second time. And I actually said this in one of my videos that when you take a little bit of a gap, you read a book and then you read it again six months later, 12 months later, you feel like you're not going to get any value, but you understand the, the value of it so, so much more because you've had you know, a little bit of your life change. And so the second time reading this, it's honestly like I got twice or three times as much value from it. Absolutely. Because it's, it's not, it's like all the principles in all of these books, however, like business or spiritual or self-development, like, on a cognitive level, they're all dead easy to understand, but to go from cognitive to actually like fully embracing that way of being on a daily basis is completely different. Like it's a practice. You can understand it in a minute and it might take 10 years to be fully immersed in that way of living, you know? So, so I think a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, I read it, I got it. It's in the back of my mind. You know, it's, it, it doesn't work like that. I don't think. So what's the most influential <laughs> book that you can think of right now? Oh, that's a, such a good question. Um, you know, maybe just because it's on fresh on my mind, I'm reading a book right now called The Way of the Superior Man. Um, it's by an author, David Deda. And it's, it's, it's very much about like, I don't know, being a man in today's society and culture and what that means. Um, but it, it like defines a lot about purpose and living from a place of purpose because i've read a lot of books on i've read um one i would recommend is the seven spiritual laws of success by deepak chopra or anything by abraham hicks asking it is given these are all very law of attraction based books but for me that's kind of the ground i've liked to to really immerse myself on but th but this book i feel like as a as a man identifying like your purpose and the fire that gets you out of bed every morning like there's something in this book that hit me more than anything's hit me 
ever before. And, and this is probably like, it's one of those things that we all know, but we, we don't stop to think about. And that's whatever you're waiting to do in your life, the thing that like, ooh, once, once I get this, once that's done, once my podcast has this many subscribers, once my channel is this, once I'm healthy enough, once I'm, whatever, once, that's, once my ducks are in a row, I'll do the thing I want to do. That is the most flawed thing that somehow we all can't help but keep feeding to ourselves because the truth is you will never get there. Like people do preach like, you know, start messy, start before you're ready. But like you really need to, it's not even about starting whatever project. It's about literally like the thing that brings you the most joy, hanging out with your dog. Like you need to start doing it now because otherwise you never will because we never allow ourselves to have six months a year in the future where we're just free of all of our our commitments. If we were, we'd be super bored and kind of like lethargic and depressed because we need that engagement because we want to do something with our lives. But to wait for everything to be in a line before you do the thing you love doing is I think it it kills people. Mm. Take it out. And and that book, The Way of the Superior Man, is what gave me that little little juicy bit, and I'm I'm really into it. <laughs> so, what's your purpose? My purpose is to live as a pioneer in as many ways as I can when it comes to physical health, mental health, spiritual health, which encompasses exercising and dieting, and understanding the nature of how we could actually live on this planet versus the domestication that we are are led and brought up to to understand and and to kind of sum all that up what i mean is i want to live true in as many ways as i can to inspire other people and 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 kind of pave a path just to show what's possible because i feel like in a lot of areas there's a lot of misinformation and things that were just not taught in school and we're raised to be these adults that really don't have a grasp on like we're not taught around like health in school we're not taught around purpose in school how to like we're not taught around spirituality and like meditating on on, and, and that's not even like a an esoteric thing it's like physical scientific benefit of meditation you know it's so grounding and important and my purpose is to live fully in all these faucets and be able to lead as an example. Beautiful. Yeah. What about yourself? To help young men with their self-improvements. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> by, by being, you know, a pioneer in your own way, right? Because you can only lead by your example. own experience. Mm, that's it. I love that. That's interesting what you just said about we're just coming back to just critique the education system some more. <laughs> this is, I've made a few videos like this and it gets a little bit emotional because it, it doesn't make sense. We can, okay, we can go to the instant level that school wasn't to make you ready for life, to make you into a happy, healthy person. It was just to push you down into that domestication to be a good worker. And fair enough, okay, it probably is that. But then what's strange about it is that if they taught you health, if they taught you about mental health, physical health, if they taught you meditation, you would actually be a better worker too. And so Mm -hmm. it just, it seems like it's all over the place where there's no use for it. Like obviously there's uses and everyone says, oh, but I I made my friends in school. But it wasn't really that the school system set that up for you. It was just that you were all in prison and you just made friends with your cellmates <laughs> that's true M- making friends in prison doesn't mean prison was good it's just yeah i i know what you mean and, and that's a rough comparison to prison but like a, a good thing to to be distinctive on in this conversation is like it's not the people you know in any of these systems it's not the people there's beautiful teachers that have inspired me so much just despite the system um but i think it is you're that's a really good point. We would be better workers and better off in every way, but maybe it's just, we would be more forward thinking and, and, you know, begin to, because if you look at big corporations that have a lot of success and you might call this a conspiracy theory, but I call it like a in plain sight theory, like, you know, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry or, you know, Nestle or Coca-Cola, these industries that have a lot of money and can manipulate people to be, less healthy to be consumers of whatever their good is i feel like as more educated people we would begin to like dissolve those those things like i I tell people 
like, okay, here's a good example. Like we say plastic pollution is bad and it is bad. And so we say, let's, let's name like Coca-Cola. Okay. They're pretty, or, you know, even just water bottles, whatever those are, a Dasani, I don't know. They, when we say they're the problem, but it's like, they only exist because we buy their products. You know, the consumer is actually the problem. And I think perhaps that's, I don't know, it gets pretty deep into like, what's the meaning of all this, but the school system is an interesting, an interesting ball. Mm. <laughs> you know, you could talk about it for ages. Like, what, what do you even say? <sighs> but there's a book, Your Money or Your Life. Have you ever heard of it? Say it again. Your Money or Your Life. Okay. No, I haven't heard of it. So go on. I just started reading it, so I'm not like completely on it. But a lot of what you just said breaks down where the the author is saying that most people are making a dying instead of a living because they went through the domestication they're working careers that they don't like they're actually getting paid far far lower than they believe because everyone's if you ask them how how long are you working they say 40 hours and the answer is actually about 60 and you're recovering for all of the other hours anyway so the author says that the cost of this coupled with the materialistic society that we live in, the, the social media, the stunting on everyone, equals that the pollution, it equals the greenhouse gases and the ozone layer being destroyed. And so mm-hmm. the cure to all of that is a form of minimalism, it's that essentialism, you just buy what you need, you, you set the, the point of enough. Because up until mm-hmm. you've really had this philosophical deep, deep thought, the answer to how much money do you need is always going to be more and unless you've actually wrote it down and really, really thought about it when how much is enough, you won't ever reach that much. And if you've got that mindset about money, then you'll have that mindset about consumption as well. I absolutely agree. And that, hey, that's why potentially moving moving to, to Bali or wherever is your dream place is actually really advantageous because it'll allow you to be less involved in that system and live in a more minimalistic way, you know? And, and that all comes down to like a mental like we are all cogs of this system and and I don't blame anyone for, I mean, I do on some level, but like to be a mindless consumer and buy the carrots that are out. Like I spent time in the UK and the plastic around like produce and stuff is terrible, but like, it's hard to, because I met people really hard working people who, you know, don't, they, they don't have time to have the concern about the plastic wrapped around their carrots. Like they're trying to survive and feed their family. And I, I get that. And it's hard to be conscious and make conscious decisions when you yourself are just trying to survive, you know, which is why creating a stream of income that is your own and online and, and gives you that freedom allows you, it literally allows you to be a better human in our world. Like, like when it comes to being a digital nomad, creating online wealth, whatever, however you want to call it, like not only is it good for your life, it is literally the best thing you can do for everyone's life, your outward impact. I say to people, the more money you have, the more money you can give. Mm. That's, that's, it's powerful. You know, you start thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, wow, actually, I don't need that much things. I don't need that much money. But if I had more money, I could just do so much good with it. You know, we need more, more rich people that are very, um, aware and, and I don't know, wanting to achieve good for both the health of the people and the planet. Generous. Yeah. Giving is getting. (laughs) It's, it's almost counterintuitive, but that family, you said, okay, which are working hard. They don't have time to care about the planet. If they suddenly cared, it, it would almost be like they'd instantly be more successful. Potentially. I mean, because you, you know, you carry your heart in everything that you do and it's impossible to like, I don't know. It, it depends on if you're made aware of the decisions. Like I spent some time in India and people were just, I remember on the trains, people were just throwing everything out the window. It's like, I think if you have no awareness that it's even there's anything even wrong with it, then that's different than like being like, I'm aware that this isn't really the best thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyways, you know? So that's where like education comes in that like, you know, you need to make more conscious decisions. I mean, it's kind of everyone's obligation when it comes to like the world. I mean, if you love your children and your grandchildren, you need to think 
eco eco friendly. It's you know, it's selfish not to, because it's not your life that's going to be impacted by it. It's the life of generations in front of you. And this is like, it gets deep. I I love talking about all these topics because it's like, what could be more important than the health of our planet? You know, if I was hearing you talk just a few years ago, what are you talking about? doesn't even make it, who cares about the planet? But just because of this self-improvement, I think honestly, when you get into self-improvement, at a certain point, you naturally go into this, this lifestyle where you now actually start caring about the environment. When, mm-hmm. you're, when your needs aren't being met, any type of need, you can only focus on that need. When you focus on self-improvement, you fulfill those needs and then you get a surplus. And with that surplus, you enjoy the extravagant lifestyle of having you know, more muscle than you need, more confidence than you need, more money than you need. But eventually, if you keep staying on self-improvements, it's like you've got so much enough that you automatically start giving back. You automatically start dispersing the extra around you to your environment, to your family, to your friends. That's what I've, mm-hmm. I've been telling the boys who watch me on YouTube that when you, on, uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think I've heard of it, but refresh me, go on. It's like a psychological basis for humanism, which is like a pyramid and it's got different levels. And on each level is the... A, a list of needs that you must mo- not really must but should usually be fulfilled before you can almost move up to the next level so we've got like physiolo- physiological needs which is sleeping eating drinking right. sex and then it goes into health diet food it, it you know builds up into there then it goes to creativity and community yeah, yeah. and friendships okay. and for most people, I find that who don't really care about the environment, don't care about their fellow man, they're stuck in these levels. So the most common one that I see is just a bunch of young guys who, quite frankly, they're not getting laid. And so that's, that's literally all they think about is, Hamza, how do I get girls? Can you please tell me how to get girls when purpose is up here? And so they can't really think about what the purpose of their life is because a basic mm-hmm. need isn't being met. And so obviously that- up here as well, they can't think about the environment or the world. So what is the name of that again? I, I want to look it up. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow and Australian Needs. No, that's, that's, that's a really, that makes a lot of sense. I really like that. I, something, my experience of that has been the journey of when you start entrepreneurship in whatever capacity, it's all about yourself, which is natural. Like you deserve to have everything you want in life and understand that actually what maybe everything you want now isn't actually everything you want in the future. it's obviously a lot simpler, but like you start by fulfilling yourself. And then my experience was I did that for a year and I I got there and I was like, whoa, I'm here now. And I kind of went through a little lull of like, I don't actually really feel that stoked anymore. And then that's when I realized it's not about me. It's about like what I can do uh, serving others. And I think getting to that step sooner is is advantageous in so many ways. I, I heard a quote, maybe you've heard this, like, your income will always be decided, like it will always be based on how many people you serve and how well you serve them. And obviously to get to that point where I was in the lull, I must've been serving people, but like it wasn't my baseline intention. And now it's really become that and it gives you a lot more satisfaction. You're right. Then once, like it's, it's, it's the same as that, that, that Maslow's hierarchy. It's like once your needs are being met and then exceeded, um, you can do more good. And, and that just shows again, the obligation of why it's so important to work on yourself because it's ultimately the kindest thing you can do for others. Whoa. Well said. Can't pour from empty cup. There's so many expressions for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. You, you do self-improvement for yourself. You, you fill your cup up and when your cup starts overflowing because you put enough investment into yourself you almost automatically just start pouring it into other people's cup otherwise it's almost wasted now some people with the bad mindset would happily waste it without really thinking that the waste could be given to someone else some people will stay like that and i think those people are the ones that are really depressed and like the the billionaires that are you know terribly because money does not create happiness it creates an abundance of freedom, but like you do need to make that switch between living for yourself and living for others. And I feel like that's like, that's like the reason for that. That is purpose. Like that is the root of purpose is how you can serve others. And yeah, it's, it's good. It feels good to, to do. 
make that impact. And entrepreneurship yeah. really, really couples all this together. I've, I've been thinking that entrepreneurship is like self-improvement, but for everyone else, instead of focusing on your own needs, you fulfill, you, you ease a pain point or a problem for other people and somehow just monetize it. Exactly. That's all you're doing. You're fixing problems. And we all have a unique skill set that gives us the opportunity to fix people's problems. And, and that's the great thing about this. Like when it comes to your niche as how you want to create money online is that your gift is your uniqueness. No one else has the same skills and can fix the same pain points and therefore earn an income serving others in the same way as you. So like, I think a lot, okay, that's another thing I think a lot of people think is like, everyone's doing it. Like there's not enough room for me, but like the fact that you are, you gives you space, you know, like you wouldn't have the thoughts if they could not be realized. I physically do not think it's possible to have a a goal or an intention in mind that is a true intention. It's not driven by ego or like, I want to live on Pluto. Like it's a real heart desire. I don't think you can have one of those that exists that isn't possible. I just, that's what I think. (laughs) I'm a dreamer. I'm a big dreamer. Okay, Aaron, one last question. Imagine a 21 year old, he's feeling low, he's feeling directionless. And he'd like to have a life similar to you. He'd like to, if it's possible, become a world traveler. What advice would you give to him? Oh man. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of myself in this situation, you know, cause I was that exact person you just described. I would say, are you putting me on the spot? I would say, start doing everything. Like if you are 21 years old, which we all have been, unless you're, you're younger than that (laughs) because you haven't been that, whatever. um, Then you are so young. And this is a tidbit. I I really like Gary V. I'm sure, I'm sure you know, Gary V. It's like you, if you're 21, you can do everything wrong for the next 10 years and still be ridiculously young. Like if you're, even if you're 25, 26, you can still do everything wrong for the next 10 years. There's never a point in your life that it's too late to get a safe career, a safe job, a safe whatever, you know? So people have this idea that you need to figure everything out in your 20s. The 20s is when you need to experiment and try everything so that, you know, you can fit. And to be fair, it doesn't, you don't need to fail at a lot of stuff. I kind of rolled with the first thing I started doing and it's been my, my breadwinner ever, ever since I started, you know, but like, even if you do fail for three years at a a thing and then you move on to another thing, like just do that, just start doing, start failing, start trying. And within that, you will move closer and closer to the success that is inherently your birthright. And whether that takes you a month or 10 years, like, there's nothing else that could be worth living for than that. Like it's, there's nothing else worth anything more than you waking up every day, feeling like you understand your purpose. And within that also Mr. 21 Aaron, you know, young guy, like read books, surround yourself with good people, go travel. Like don't, don't listen to like the way you have to live your life. Like be free, be wild, follow your bliss. That's what I would say. But just start, start doing you said start failing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Start failing. Like, and just keep going. Be consistent. Just keep going. Keep going. Like there's nothing. If you're not doing that, I say this to people, like if you're not doing that, what are you doing? Like, what are you actually doing with, with your life? You're just coasting and settling for something that isn't, isn't what you were made to to be here to do i think you know it's your obligation it's your birthright it's your there's nothing else to me (laughs) yeah that that's what i would say and i I wish i could go back and say that to young aaron but again i am who i am because of everything i've been through so you know i love it Mm. yeah what do you think future aaron's thinking about you right now Mm, i'd like to think he's doing i like to think future aaron's like oh uh, 28 year old Aaron, he's doing pretty good. He's pretty on. He doesn't know everything, but he knows he doesn't know everything, and he's just having fun cruising. I'm, I'm proud of that guy. I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's the point of self improvement. Just do things for your future self. 
Mm-hmm. And we're always only doing the best thing we, we think we can do at the time, you know? So it's, you can't be hard on yourself for the decision you made five years ago. You know, you look back at like, I don't know, old videos or this and that, and you're like, oh, I can't believe Correct. that was me. But, you know, <laughs> and I, yeah, I, especially being like a content creator, I feel like even from like two years ago, I'm like, oh, that's still up there. Like, ugh. you know, but we're all just doing the best we can in every moment. So like, again, like we just need to be, we need to be easy on ourselves too. Another, the last thing I'll say on that note is like, when it comes to all self-improvement in any way, online businesses, whatever, failing, starting failing, all you can do is your best. And if you always live on your edge and participate to the best of your ability, you can never be hard on yourself because self-criticism is, a, is actually one of the heaviest criticisms you can have. But if you, if you always just do your best, you know you've done your best, you can stop that self-hate whenever it comes up and be like, you know what? I'm just doing my best. I'm on this earth, trying my hardest and loving every second. No, I try to at least. <laughs> beautiful Aaron I'm yeah. very grateful that you came on the podcast today I'm I'm very grateful to be here you, you you host a good podcast and you ask really good questions it's been heaps of fun and I'm excited to probably watch the replay <laughs> thank you so boys if you've watched this far now Aaron has a fantastic YouTube channel and he's literally got I think it's 84 86 subscribers now something like that yeah let's get him to 100 yeah. come on we can do that boys I'll link it amazing as well and his Instagram's got fantastic content. So if you're into wanting to be a digital nomad like he is, I'm in this pursuit as well. If you're into that, if you're into trying to think of the money-making ideas on all this like type of lifestyle, the four-hour work week, he's your man. I'll have everything linked below so you can go and join it. Thanks, Hamza. I, I really appreciate it. And guys, feel free to reach out. I'm on Instagram. That's where I, you know, send me a message, whatever. I'm happy to help in any way. So yeah, and just thank you so much for having me here. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for watching, boys. Ciao.